We're back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the third season of the Kent on League podcast. Technically, it's the third series, and season in this context is an incredibly Americanised thing to say, but hey, we're a football podcast, so it's season three, right? As always, I'm John Phipps, and after talks, a few pilot shows, negotiations, and some other bits and pieces, I'm um, I'm delighted to announce that my co-host for this year's Kent on League podcast is the one and only Matt Gerrard. Are you glad to be back, Matthew? Absolutely, been uh, looking forward to this. It seems to be a long, long summer, season three. So this will be a bit. It's not going to be like Oasis though, because the first two albums were brilliant. The third one wasn't less so. But we'll try and make the pod as entertaining as we have over the last two seasons. We've been doing this now. Well, of course, of course, we've been two seasons. Yeah. But looking forward to it. The season's on eve of the season, and it should be a, an exciting one for Kent size. And hopefully, and most importantly of all, we're here to entertain you. Um, and, and quite appropriate because you went to see Robbie Williams as well, didn't you? I did. I went to see Robbie Williams the other week. I'm just going to pull you up on something very quickly. Um, I personally think Be Here Now is better than What's the Story Morning Glory. That is an absolute... I've, I went out the loft the other day because the kids... My oldest one's been getting into a bit of music, so I went out the loft. Because you, you, how many CDs you used to have, didn't you? 15 years ago. I got massive... And I pulled out What's the Story Morning Glory and I listened to it on the car on the way home the other night, and that is a classic album, but I do think definitely maybe is the one, but um, What's the Story, Morning Glory is better than Be Here Now, but um, that's not talk about Oasis, and uh, let's slide away on to our next thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, obviously, it's, it's, it's been the summer, obviously not everybody um, catches up with each other like we do over the summer, so ha- how, tell the listeners, how have you been? Um, not too busy, busy in my day job, which is good. I haven't had my summer holiday yet. Um, the weather hasn't been brilliant, really, because you know how much I love the beach hut. Apart from last week when it was beautiful down there, I was in the sea at half six in the evening thinking I was um, um, in the Mediterranean. Uh, you know, not too bad. Kids have had birthdays, I've had birthdays. Um, no, nothing too exciting. Just day to day, really, isn't it? There's nothing... You know, you know, you get to my age, you think day to day, keep moving from that point of view. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Of course, football seasons, I do miss my football. Uh, enjoyed the Women's World Cup, didn't go overboard. But, uh, yeah, football season, just looking forward to it. We're in August and go, go, go. Yeah, I mean, you say you've been busy at work. You're nothing compared to me, mate. I haven't had a day off since March, so um, you know, I, I'm. Uh, it's been a very, very exhausting few. But you weeks can have you can have egg and bacon every morning, though, so that makes up for it. Do you know I had egg and bacon about an hour and ten minutes ago as our lunch for the day, and uh, I um, said to my missus, I said, "It's cracking this. You should do this for a living." Um, how I wasn't wearing what was left of hers, I'll never know. But anyway, um, been watching anything exciting on the telly over the last few weeks? No, 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 basically, one of the things was my wife. Have you, watched, have you ever watched the program called The Men's List years ago? It used to be on Channel 5. Yeah, I've heard and, of it. I never watched it. Yeah, really good program. And, and uh, one of the things was my wife, it was on like normal UK Gold or the equivalent of, it wasn't UK Gold, but, and they stopped doing it. Even though she'd watched it before, they stopped at season six and season seven. So I thought, oh, I'll buy her for her birthday. Uh, season six uh, on eBay. What Basically, that all went wrong. But then I found out it was on Amazon Prime. So then, of course, bought Amazon Prime, and we've watched a few programs from that. So otherwise, terrible, terrible, terrible TV. Not, I'm still watching far too much YouTube of people playing games. And also, I'm into. My mate came around a couple of weeks ago. And he said, "I need to get a life." You know, um, they, when there's a program that the bloke revealed magic tricks. 
Yeah. He was like a mask player. Yeah, yeah, I remember him, yeah. I'm obsessed watching now. I, I, I really like, quite like a bit of magic, but maybe it, and he tells you how they do the tricks. So when I'm watching Britain's Got Talent with the kids and you see how they do it, and I can, I can actually tell them, well, there is a hidden box beneath that mirror because it's mirrored and things like that. So I've been watching far too much of that, which is pretty sad of me, really. So, yeah, yeah no. Very sad. Yeah. It's not as bad as this. It, too much YouTube, which is... And when I tell my kids I've watched YouTube and I'm watching somebody play football on it, it's <laughs> probably not... Yeah, basically, I'm not being a very good parent to it, saying that. So. so, yeah, so I've got two, three months of Netflix, uh, which started last week. So I've already hammered through the entirety of Sunday Until I Die. Uh, Brilliant. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I, 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 as I'm sure I've said before, but one of my best friends is a Sunderland fan. And um, I texted him when I started watching it. I said, cool, I've started watching this new comedy programme on on Netflix. It's really funny. At the start, they're talking about Sunderland getting promoted. Um, he didn't particularly find that um, amusing. Um, and the best bit was, though, like, like, like Chris Coleman was like the messiah, wasn't he, coming yeah. in? They win it away at Dartby, then they get relegated, and the bloke's trying to get, beat him up. So, yeah. yeah, I loved it. I think, and apparently, there are... Now you you took ages to get Netflix on Amazon Prime. They've got a season look at Leeds coming up nice. on there, and also my third, second love, Borussia Dortmund as well. So yeah. obviously, there's, there's plenty of football stuff on there. And of course, we ourselves were in a football documentary over the summer, John. We were. We were on the telly, the Punjab United, uh, our lives, Punjab United, which uh, was on for half an hour in, in June, which was a, a nice watch, and we were on it for a little bit. Yes. Um, which is good. Also, um, I'm just about to start watching a program called Manifest. Have you heard of that? No, no, not at all. So it's just come over. It's an American program. Uh, it's about a, a people who go on a plane. It flies along, gets struck by lightning. They land and they've not aged, but it's five years later. Oh, so on Netflix? Uh, no, it's on uh, Sky. It's just, Sky have just started showing it, so we're going to watch that. And do you know what else I've been watching, Matt? Uh, Love Island. I don't know what to say to that. I thought um, the biggest thing of the week was us returning to the podcast, but apparently it was the final of Love Island. Yeah. And apparently, yeah. I found out, if you go on that programme and you go on YouTube, which I seem to go on quite a bit, and where, I don't know, I can, a soft drink, you get COVID about five grand for doing things like that. Mm-hmm. So, should there be, a, even though we're both happily uh, with our partners, should there, uh, what I would like to see is a middle-aged Love <laughs> Island. Wouldn't yeah. it be great? The general indifference towards like relationships, you'd be like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Middle aged love on it, because there's going, apparently going two series on there as well. Yeah. So. Well, maybe there's hope for us yet. Um, yeah. yeah, no, basically, we, we, we said I would see what all the fuss was about, and do you know what? I, I, I hate to admit it, but we really, really got into it. It's so script, scripted, it's so fake, but. Oh, God, it's entertaining. The, the night when they came back from Catherine Moore was among the best television I've seen this year. And I've watched all of Line of Duty and Luther in, in the entirety this year. And I'm not messing about when I say that that was up there. It was so good. Um, the winners happened. The final wasn't a, wasn't a great bit of telly. But do you know what? Eight weeks... Did you expect, did you expect the people to uh, win win? I think I, I, I wasn't shocked when, when they won because the, the, I think she was really popular, Amber, the girl who won it. And... Uh, 
and Tommy and Molly May were the favourites all the way along, but I think people yeah, just got a bit bored. Yeah, uh, you change when you knew all their names. That, that is just... There was also two footballers on this year, one from uh, Wealdstone and one from Paul. So, uh, you know, I was keeping up with my... It was, it was non-league research, Matt. Non-league research. Yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, we are delighted to be sponsored for this season by Workforce Dimensions Limited, and you'll be learning a lot more about them later in the show. In the meantime, it's our 85th episode this week, uh, which is the score England was shot out for on day one of that incredible uh-huh. test match against Ireland. That was lucky, wasn't it? And 1985 was also a memorable year for so many reasons. Not all good, granted, especially from a football perspective. Uh, but the first ever m- mobile network was launched in the UK. Uh, the creation of internet domain name systems and some brilliant films were released in 1985, including Back, Back to the, the Future, Future. and yeah. arguably the best of the Rocky series, Rocky IV. Is that, is that with Dolph Lundgren, that one? Yeah, yeah. The best one is with Apollo Creed when, when God rest his soul, Apollo Creed dies, doesn't he? That's that, that was one. my favourite That's one. That's that one. That's Rocky Is Ford. it? I thought there was three. No, Dolph Lundgren's the one who kills him. Ah, that is a good film. You're spot on there. I used to like um, Carl Weathers, who is also in Toy Story 4, which I did see over the summer as well. I haven't seen it it's yet. Very good, very enjoyable. Okay. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I used to, yeah, yeah the, the Russian, he does, he has to like Apollo Creed. So, yeah. uh, how many Rocky films are there? There must be seven, eight. Well, been, there was the five originals, then there was Rocky Balboa, and then there's been the two Creeds, so eight. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, blimey. Yeah, and all fantastic. Um, I've got to say to you, a guy I know who listens to the pod said that we should be, he really enjoys it, Pete, he does it when he goes, he's running. He asked me when I saw him, because he's got a beat up down the road from me, or down the road, just a few metres away, and he said, how many listeners do you get? And I said, I told him the number we got, and he goes, you should be getting a thousand plus. So if you can, if you do listen, please spread the word because um, he really enjoys it. And he was every time I saw him going past the beach, I, is he coming back? Is he coming back? But it is back this week. But if you can spread the word of the pod, we'd love to get our numbers up. The numbers are pretty good. We're happy with the numbers, uh, and I'm sure Workforce Dimensions are happy with the numbers we're getting. So we're getting the the word out for them as well. But please do spread the word. But four interviews is good, and we'll try and get that as much as we can uh, over the season. Yeah. I have a question for you, Matt. You told me about this bloke, and this bloke tweeted us as well. How did it come up that you are the Matt from the Kent Only podcast when you were by the beach hut? Were you wearing a badge or a t-shirt that says, I'm Matt no, no, It's a long story, but I do know him from a friend of a friend, and and I knew he's a big Birmingham City fan, or he, he comes from that way, and he's mum and dad a big Birmingham. And of course, you get talking about football, and he, so I tell him about Dover, and he, he watches Mark, uh, Ramsgate, I think he's one of his boys, Place for Ramsgate as well. So we get talking about football, and then the lady in the office who's unfortunately moved to a different office, so she can't wave at me when I do this now. It's quite friendly with him, and they said, "Oh, he does a podcast," and it basically spreads the word. So, um, and he, he's you know he's top bloke, and he's um, always picking up the pod, which is always good to see. Maybe we should get badges. Do you listen to the Kent Non-League podcast with a thumb, thumbprint or something, and a thumb, thumbs up? Even. Yeah, maybe we should. But Peter Crouch has already done that, hasn't he, with badges and yeah, shit. And we don't need that. Stuff, yeah, no. yeah, we don't need that. Anyway, so it's a big kick-off this weekend then for our National League and scaffold sides, and their hopes and dreams are, are still sky high. Uh, we'll start in the National League at the top of the pyramid, um, so let's work through them in order of where they finished last year, which brings us to the first of our four interviews this week, uh, as Matt caught up with Ebb United defender Laurie Wilson. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, wholesale... Uh, within within the uh, the squad this season, um, but you know we uh, we've been we've been looking pretty good. The manager's been out. Um, 
doing a lot of business as well. Um, so as as the season as the preseason's gone on, we've uh, we've got a lot more players coming in the building, um, and the squad's looking much 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 stronger as we've gone through preseason. Yeah, the signings you've made, they've all got a thing which is quite key is National League experience and above as well. So with a, with a new squad to gel, it's quite important that they have that experience, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. We obviously we started pre-season. We kind of had about four 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 signed players, um, you know, and, and you kind of came in and we were thinking, oh no, sort of thing. But suddenly, as the players have started to come in, you we have noticed a lot more. There is a lot of experience um, in there, and it is and it's and it's helped, I think, because the lads that have come in know the league, know the way that you know training things like that, and, and it's really made us gel quite quickly. Um, because obviously, if you suddenly got a few quite a lot of young players in there that don't really know what the league's like it's, it starts to become quite hard um, but because they know they come in you know they've got on with their work and got on with their business very well what, how did you how does it work when you start for pre-season and you're one of the only four or five players there does do you just get on with your work and just wait for new players to come through the door yeah, I mean, we, you know, we listen. We've always been in touch with with the managers um, over the summer um, with regards to you know certain players that he's thinking about bringing in and that, uh, that are possible signings and stuff. Um, but you know, we, we've come back and, and we've probably had to take the first week. Um, a little bit easier than probably most teams have um, because you you do run that risk of you know players players that you have got signed getting injured um, and stuff. So you know we we sort of took it a little bit easier in that first week to most teams, but um, as the players have come in each week, you know we really ramped it up and and, and it's become a really good preseason by the end of it. How important is Gary Hill? You know, he knows this league like, like the back of his hand. How important is he going to be for this season? Because, you know, the expectations maybe over the last couple of years were a little bit higher than they are now. Yeah, I mean, listen, that, that, that could be a blessing blessing in disguise for us, really, to be honest. Um, because, you know, suddenly last year when, when we were expected to, to be up, you know, at the top and after having such a good first season um, and we found ourselves sort of down towards the bottom, it this season, I think that you know we're not expected to be up there because of the the squad that you know we're potentially going to have. Um, so I think it'll be quite a good um, a good thing for us really going into these games, sort of being the underdog again um, and having to show ourselves. And you know we've got a lot of players, like you said, that have been playing in the league, um, that have played in the conference a lot, so they know this league are, are, are out the back of their hands. So that that's be a good thing for us we're not going in blind blindsided in, into these games and how a league is yeah all about yourself personally you've been through plenty of pre-seasons do they get any easier <laughs> pre-seasons are never fun um, but no to be honest with you I've, uh, I enjoy it you know and, and the good thing with, with the manager as well is that he, he really does look after the players and um, you know there are there are training sessions that you kind of go, we need to work harder or, you know, we need to do this and we need to do that. And there will be other times where he'll say, do you know what, I I think you've done enough and, um, you know, I'm going to ease off on on, on the older lad, (laughs) which is always a nice thing. (laughs) Looking at the fixtures early doors for it, Halifax, you know, you know, they've had a few problems over the summer themselves, but after that, you've got some really tough games. You've got to go to Bromley, you've got to go to Fylde, Yeovil, Solihull. And then Notts County as well at uh, Stonebridge Road. Um, how how strong do you think the National League will be this year? But early doors, you've got some tough fixtures. 
Yeah, it, we you know we've all looked at that as, as the players and looked and thought you know this 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 is kind of you know a, a make or break month really that first month in that you know we could we could easily be you know have a good first month and we could easily be up there and, and, and fighting at the top by beating these sort of teams. Um, but I think that the pressure is actually more on those other teams. Um, with our squad, I think it's going to be a little bit more about managing um, throughout the week. Um, but the conference is, is, is a tough conference. You know, it's a tough league. We know that. Um, but to go to have those games early on, I think it'll be quite a nice thing for us uh, because we're all fresh, we're all ready to um, ready to go. Um, to, so to get these games straight off, um, you know, with a few teams coming down and stuff, I think it'll be very good for us. Yeah, John and I are doing our predictions for the National League this season. I think I've done it about five times to try to work it out. I think it's probably one of the most opening years. Who would you say? Would you say are the sides to watch out for? Do you know what? You'd, you'd probably have to. Uh, you probably have to ask me that in a month's time when I'm here and, uh, and, and I know more. Um, but you know, you always look and you always think that the teams that are coming down should be, you know, fighting again and, and, and being up there. Um, but this is such a tough league that you've seen the, the likes of uh, Chesterfield and, and teams like that struggle last year. Um, so for me, I mean, with, with some of the sign-ins and stuff like that that have happened, I think Bromley. You know, should be looking strong this year. Um, but no, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting after the first month to see where teams are. Um, interesting that uh, with with Laurie there, and I like the bit where he said there was only four of them at the start of pre-season training. I was, I was no football's there at the start, I'd imagine. Yeah, it, it's a strange one for Epsom. Of course, we've talked about them at length of the issues they have, the players who are there, and I'm sure Laurie Wilson could have left the club because he was one of the ones who said, "Yeah, if you find a." A new club will let you go. It hasn't. They've brought the squad in. Um, I'm sure he's going to have an important role with the experience of that side. Um, yeah, I think Epsley, uh, pleased with that. He, he seems keen. I think the key thing for Epsley, they've got a decent manager in Gary who, who absolutely knows his level inside out. Maybe we don't think they'll be riding too high, but the experience, the key players of King, Ashmore, Wilson, because um, Yugo's back. So, um, fair play to him. But he seemed pretty confident, but they've got, as I mentioned in that interview, very tough start to the season, I think, they're Epstein. Yeah, I mean, Halifax at home is, is not the toughest, but uh, the next thing we'll be talking about shortly will be Bromley. But I think generally, Ebsfleet, um, Laurie kind of hit, hit the nail on the head there when he said expectations are not as they were in previous years because a lot... It's been known for a few years. Oh, Ebbsfleet have got lots of money. They're paying lots of. They're paying these players lots of money, but they haven't got that this year. You know, a lot of those players who've been there have been the rock of that team have moved on. So it is a new team, and I think you know the, the supporters at Ebbsfleet would be wrong to be thinking, oh, we're going to be in the in and around the playoffs again this year. Yeah, I, I think maybe they could, the supporters can use that to urge the players on. Everybody's written us off. You know, we haven't been paying our wages, etc., like that. We're going to go under the radar here on this point of view. Let's prove team wrong. Back with the team. Um, maybe they think they've got players there who want to be there. I'm not saying the other players weren't want to be there, but players came to Epsley because they were paying a decent amount of money um, from that point of view. So maybe these ones here, we're maybe a little bit more hungry than the players have got in. I thought he's he's brought well, Gary, here. He's brought Goddard in, players he's known before. And I think... Um, I think they'll have a, a decent season. I can't see them travelling too high at the top of the table, but a good middle of the table soon, and they will bloody the nose of, of some other sides in the division. So, but I think they can. The, the Epsley supporters can use, you know, 
they've been kicked down. Right, let's, let's bounce back. Let's show that you don't, you know, we would have been in this position if we didn't have that money. So I think they'll use that to their advantage, Epstein. And as you say, Laurie's going to be a, a key player. We've obviously met him now. He's been on the radio show as well. Really nice lad and, and a, a really good player. And Epstein are lucky to have a player of that sort of experience, aren't they? Yeah, he's been through the leagues um, from that point of view and he's going to learn the, the younger people. They've got brought quite an experienced side in from that. And Laurie Wilson, who came back into favour with Gary, he was out with Dale McMahon, wasn't involved, but he, he, down the, uh, the the position he plays down the wing, he can play in various positions. So I think uh, he could be in for a, a, a good season as well. And I think he's, I think, yeah, staying out there, again, prove people wrong in that point of view. Uh, maybe that Darren McMahon, look, I can do a job at this level. I've worked with Gary Hill. I know what he can do. Yeah, I think a solid player at this level, and that's what Epstein have got. And I think that squad is solid people at this level. Yeah, I'll move on then to Bromley, who finished 11th last year. Um, you've heard Laurie Wilson there tip them to be one of the teams to beat. And, you know, I think he's right. I think Neil Smith did his recruitment early, and he did his recruitment very, very, very well. Chorley away first up for Bromley uh, this weekend. But what, what do you make of their chances, Matt? <sighs> couple of really good signings early doors and they did really like early May um, he did his business didn't he um, Adrian Clifton for me over the last couple of years one of the best strikers in the National League I know I know when um, Nicky Southall when David Dover played them in March time and basically Clifton absolutely bullied David's defence and he said you know, we tried to buy him at Maidstone from that point of view he is a strong physical striker probably hasn't, doesn't get the goals he probably deserves to but he's an excellent foil really strong centre forward Michael Cheek we've seen what he's done before strike force well, they've lost JJ Hooper to Wrexham um, but I think they're signing Mark Cousins in goal decent goalkeeper um, he was, was he at Dagenham or Barnett last year Cousins at Barnett I think he was decent goalkeeper Joe Kizzy Neil Smith what I like about it he's probably had his targets at the, in, at the end of the season and if you probably spoke to him, he probably said, I've got all the targets he wanted. So probably a lot of people are tipping him that they, they could do well. The nice new stand there. They can use the 3G pitch to their advantage. Uh, they Again, like absolute, they can bloody a, a few noses to the sides. And again, tough to go truly, truly away. Truly one of the sides off tip to go down. If they can go up there, do a job on them, move on from that point of view. But I think probably, yeah, can they get on the cusp of the playoffs? There's no reason why not. But he's done really well, Neil Smith, there. And again, there's a bit of a buzz around Bromley. So, uh, hope that continues. Yeah, and obviously, you mentioned all the signings that they've got as well. But Luke Coulson only came in in, in January yeah. as well. And, and you say, what a good hold-up man Clifton is. That brings someone like Coulson into play, doesn't it? He, he's got the potential and the ability to be a real key man for, for Bromley this season. Yeah, I, I think he was linked when he was... Barnett, you know, half a million pound moves to football league clubs when he was doing it. Yeah, Clifton will sort it out. If Coulson can stay fit, Mecky comes in. They've got pace in abundance in the final third. So, and the people like Jack Holland, who's been there, you know, he is Mr. Bromley. He's a solid defender that a lot of clubs would like at that level. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an attacking side that Neil Smith puts out for, from that point of view. So, I think Bromley, yeah, I think, I think they, they should be getting anything in this league problem with this league is, yeah, we'll talk about Dover in a minute, looking good, but you don't know how good everybody else is, and the games come thick and thick and fast by the end of the month. I think, you know, eight games will be gone by the end of August when they get in, and you'll know a little bit more from there. Key thing, getting off to a good start, bringing that momentum up, and if Bromley can do that, second game of the season, 
away uh, home to Epsley, perfect marker. They gave him a tonkin in the final game of last season, put down a marker. No reasons Neil Smith may be thinking we can get six points from opening two games. Well, that brings us on then to Dover. We finished 13th last year after a good late run under Andy Hess and Tyler obviously came in and rescued them from relegation. And before we let Matt run wild with his predictions and hopes for the new season, he was, and I quote, buzzing his tits off ahead of going to his first pre-season game on Monday. Uh, here is striker Alfie Pavey following that win over a mill 11. And I'm beating pre-season. I presume everybody can't wait for Saturday now. Yeah, you know, we've uh, found a bit of momentum um, going into uh, in pre-season. So hopefully going into Saturday we can keep that up and hopefully go there and get three points. Pre-season results have gone well. What's it been like at uh, training? You, you look a lot fitter side, I think, as well. One of the first games I've seen this, this pre-season, you look, fitness is good. Yeah, you know, it's been a tough pre-season, I'm not going to lie, um, but the way the Gaffer wants to play, um, it was important that all our fitness levels are, are like they are at the moment, um, and we're only going to keep getting fitter and keep getting better, um, but it's quite pleasing that pre-season's over now, um, and we can start looking forward to, to the league games and start fighting for some points. Competition for places as well, there's three strikers maybe going into two, how do you feel about going forward for this season? Yeah, I feel confident, I feel fit. Um, I feel like started off quite slow in pre-season, you know, but that's always the way. And uh, coming into the end of it, I feel like I've done all right. Uh, fitness levels was the most important thing for me, um, and I feel like I'm, I'm much fitter than than what I started, obviously. Um, so yeah. Optimism is always, you know, when I walked into the stadium, everybody's got a bit of a buzz about it. They'll we're going to do this season. What's the feeling like in the in the camp? How we, it's probably one of the most open leagues in years this year. Yeah, it is, but. Then again, you've got about 10 league clubs um, in the league as well. So every game we go into is going to be a, be a battle. Um, but we, we fancy ourselves in every game. You know, Gaffer's made some great signings and we've gelled as a team, um, as you can see already. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully um, it can only be a positive season. What about you personally? Have you set yourself any, uh, any goal targets? No, I don't really set myself goal targets, you know, but as a striker, you just want to score goals. Um, if I can help the team um, in any other way, then then uh, I, I will do. So um, there's no targets for myself. Uh, just I'll just keep my shirt if I, if I get it and, yeah, hopefully some, score some goals. Pavey then as well, mate, a bit like Coulson, a time to settle last season and you'll be hoping this year he can really kick on and, and form a winning strike partnership with, uh, with, with your mate Effie on. Yeah, um, Dover is the first game. I don't really normally do pre-season, but I went on Monday. Um, Dover looked very good. Um, some of the signings that Andy Hessenthal has made are exciting. They're playing a, a different brand of football from what we used to with Chris Kinnear. And there was a buzz around the stadium when I w- went in there. You know, you know when you you feel something there. And Chairman Jim Palmer, after the game, he said, you know, something's good happening this season. There's definitely buzz about Dover. The, the signings they've brought in. Again, Pavey and Effie Young, they're the men. If they're going to, they're going to do well, they need the strikers to fire. They've got Regan as well from Gateshead. Oh, I quite like him. Good link-up man. He's not a prolific goal scorer. So the, the, the things are down to Effie Young and Pavey to do the business. But Dover have plenty of ammunition as well. Uh, Nassim Lagoul's come in from Welling. I spoke to somebody about him last season um, and they said, you know, he's a very good player. Full-time training. He could be the key player for them don't think he'll start I think he'll use it from the bench but he has got all the tricks of the trade which uh, appeals to the fans Michael Woods has come in Oscar Goburn's come in they've lost a few players Mitch Brundle who we'll see pretty early on Tuesday when he brings his Dagenham side down 
is a blow because Brundle was brilliant for David last season, but the likes of Woods and Goldman, who maybe got a bit to prove, particularly Woods, who was a super kid, really, a wonder kid in his day, and he's come down there. But Annie Hassan has given him the right, here you go, here's your chance, giving him two year contracts, which is a big thing as well. And there's optimism around Dover. I know every side's got a bit of optimism, but um, I think Dover have, have brought well. They've got the key players in there. Still got Locko, Bobby Joe Taylor defensively will be, will be key players for them. But op- optimism is high. Um, and every Dover fan I spoke to on Monday definitely thought they're in for a good season. And, you know, maybe with under Chris Kinnear, I'm never going to criticise Chris Kinnear, but Dover seem more organised in pre-season and ready to go than they have over the last couple of seasons, even though they've finished the season as well. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I, I, a couple, this time last year, you probably were still waiting to sign three or four players, whereas everybody's in place now. You, you've got the squad, you've been building the squad, unbeaten in pre-season. I think that's pretty promising. And we've mentioned a couple of times, but Effiong was was hit and miss last year, shall we say, at times. Um, but from what you've been telling me in our, in our private conversations, you, you, you seem quite excited about him. I have put two pound on him at sixty-six to one to be the top goal scorer. And I'll say this: he's either going to get thirty-three goals this season, or he's going to get three goals. But he is a key season for him. He's been given the number nine shirt. Um, Andy Hessenthaler, I think, has said to him, "Right, this is your year." You know, he has scored goals at this level before. He can be a bit hit and miss when when he's when he's got to think about it. That's what he goes off for. But if you say to him, "Right," when he goes off on one of his runs or instinctive striker, he can cause problems. So, he's, I think he's key for Dover um, as the season goes. If you can bounce the ball off him, get him, get him the strength, he can be the key player. And, I, you know, as you know how tight I am, John, if I've got £2 on something to win, I'm hoping it to come in. But, I'm expecting big things from him this year and I think Andy Essenthaler as well. Because, on his day, there is a real player in there. He's just finding, on his day, a bit, you know, on a, on a regular basis than it did last season because from from you know that good spell in November December he didn't score till the final game of the season they've got to tailor that to him but getting focused he could be key for Dover. You say about on his day one of my uh, a lad I used to work with many years ago said used to say that um, on his day Canu was the best player in the world but Canu day was the 29th of February um, there is a leap year this show this year though so there is hope for for Ine. Um, there is games on the 29th it's Saturday as well 29th uh-huh. February. Excellent. Right then, prediction time. Um, I, 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 I know you. You said to Laurie, you've changed yours four or five times. I wrote mine down last night about eleven o'clock. Uh, I'm sticking with them. I've not changed anything. So, um, do you want to go first and tell me your top seven? No, Ken sides in the top seven. And here we go. Solihull Moors have got three absolute lumps at the back. Six foot four, two big strikers. Solihull Moors will be playing football league football next season in the playoffs. Chesterfield, Fylde, Wrexham. Torquay, because of the Gary Johnson effect, Harrogate and Notts County. Maybe they've been brought out by the Danish people who like looking at Moneyball. They're going to be there. So, And from the playoffs. But I would say that Fylde will be promoted. So I'm going Solihull to win the title, AFC Fylde to win the playoffs. Right. Well, I wrote mine down partly thinking, yeah, let's have a laugh as well. So um, I have gone for AFC Fylde to win the league. Uh, in first place, I have gone for your opponents on Saturday, Chesterfield, to finish second. I thought it'd be funny if I put Dover Athletic in third place, so I did that. 
Uh, Can you believe that? Yep, why not? Optimism, you've been telling me everyone's going to score 30 goals, so why not? Um, Solihull Moors, I've got down in fourth. Dagenham and Redbridge, I think, are going to have a good season in fifth. I've got Wrexham sixth. And then bringing up the playoff places. And finally, we're going to have to have that debate about plastic pitches, because I think that Bromley will finish seventh and will be in the playoffs. So you've got you've got two ten sides in the top seven. Yep. So who do you think the key man is for, for Bromley this season? Oh, well, I think I think the, the the whole of that sort of attack attacking lineup. I think Clifton, as you say, is one of the best strikers. He'll bring in the others as well. And Michael Cheek is a goal scorer, even in that yeah. Ipswich team. With, with all the stuff that was going off the pitch, he scored goals. When he played for Braintree, he scored goals. He's a goal scorer. So it's, it's, it's plain and simple. And I think that they've got the, the makings of a side that's going to be hard to beat. They're going to score goals. And I think that, you know, I don't think there's any reason why Neil Smith's side can't be in the playoffs. So yeah, who's, I, your, who's your bottom four? Uh, Maidenhead finished bottom. Chorley, 23rd. Sutton United, 22nd. And even though they've had to sign Toby Joe Silver, friend of the show, and Jamie Allen, who I was disappointed, went from that Halifax. See, I now I have got my bottom four is, and I'm staggered that one of these isn't in your bottom four, to be honest. My bottom four is, I've got Chorley bottom, I've got AFC Halifax next to bottom, uh, I've got Barrow in the last of the relegation places, and of course, Matt, I've got Woking second, third bottom. I, I can't believe you haven't tipped them to go down. I've got them 20th, staying up from goal difference. But I'll be like bagging my head against a brick wall. So where have you got the, uh, where have you got the Kent sides then? Uh, I've got Dover in 10th. Bromley in 11th and Ebsley in 17th. I think I've got Ebsley in 18th place, so we're very similar. And I've got Sutton just above the relegation day. And I'll tell you what I think is going to be a poor season. I've got Yeovil just above there as well. So um, I, will, I will let you know my full predictions and you can send me yours as well and we'll share them with all of our listeners, shall we, Matt? Yeah, yeah we can do it. Yeah, all in all, but the thing is, everybody you speak to, this is probably... You know, you think the previous year is you've had your Tranmere, you've had your Orients, you've had the Salfords. You could say, yeah, they're going to, you know, these are the sides to watch out. Forest Green when they got a bit of wedge. But you could probably throw those 24 teams up in the league and, you know, 24 different people could come up with a totally different team who's going to win the league. So it's such an open league. And as I said before, you're going to know by the end. You know, I'm lucky enough to see the first five Dover games before, before I have me break. And I'd probably tell you after those five games where they're going to go because it's a tight division you start well you could be in for a ride you start badly as David saw last season took a while to get that going but most open National League in years and it's um, going to be really exciting division I think and there's no reason why Dover can't finish third. Uh, into the National League South. It'll be unbearable if that happened, wouldn't I? Oh, God. This will be the last series if you if you finish third. <laughs> Effion, 45 goals <laughs> Dover finish third. If Effion scores 45 goals, I will buy an Effion 9 shirt and I will wear it for a week. Uh, Ricky Miller's got 45 goals. They've proven at their level Dover strikers and he wore the number 9 shirt. So, yeah. He's going to be the... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, as I said, I keep saying to people, he's either going to get three or 33. Nothing in between. He's the man, so good big up Ify. And I, this season I am sponsoring Ricky Modest. Oh, is So, so Ricky Modest is, the, is our sponsor for for Dover this season, and uh, it's good. For, good, good he's back because that means Dover win loads of penalties because he 
does like falling over in the penalty area. Into the National League South, then, where we've got four teams now, having had two for our previous two years. So we'll start again at the top. Maidstone United, a uh, big rebuilding job for, for the Stones. It's almost a completely new squad. Um, I think it's a league where a lot of money's been spent, and I don't think they are among the big spenders. And it may be harder for them than the last time they're in this league. Yeah. Some of their signings have impressed me and some less so. There has been a cut in the budget, hasn't there, uh, from that point of view. But they've got John Steele, Hakeen and Retting. Um, they're going to go on it, I think, for Mainstone, particularly from what happened last season. They need to have a good season because the fans fell out of love with them. They need to win games at home. Got a tough start to the season as well. You know, Weymouth, who got promoted a big club at this level coming in. That won't be easy, but... Their results in pre-season, if you go on the Maidstone forums, people don't seem that you know enamoured with it all. I think the thing is, they need to win a few games. If they start with three wins on the spin, you're getting 2,000, 2,500 at Maidstone, and it brings that momentum back from that point of view. But did they have only one season in the National South before? Did they go straight through? Yeah, they went straight through, yeah. So they went up with Margate, and then Maidstone went straight through. Margate, went straight, Margate just stayed up and then ended up going down the next year. So, yeah, they only had the one it, season. It, it will be tough um, um, from that point of view. You know, in their favour, both Woking and Torquay, who were relegated from the National League, were to get promoted. And Woking were in a pretty similar situation to Maidstone, where they changed the whole squad. So, if they can gel pretty early, um, we can go from there. It's going to be tough for them, though, I think. But they need the fans behind them, and they need to get those fans back on board. So, yeah, interesting times, but I can't see them winning the league, no. I'd say Amazula is going to be their, their key man. He seems to have, uh, have scored a few in pre-season. And I suppose the thing is, before Maidstone were an unknown quantity, they weren't fancied. Whereas, you know, people will be thinking, well, Maidstone are a big club at this level now. So that's where the difficulty sort of comes from, isn't it? Yeah, and everybody, you know, with John Steele, you know, he's won more football matches than we've had at dinners and won titles. So everybody will expect them to think, oh, they'll be the side. To be the expedition. Let's put one over them from that point of view. So... Yeah, I don't know where to stand with um, with Maidstone. Can they? Can they? I think they need to get off to a good start. You know, you look at the division. You look at your Havens with the three absolute players, Villaricky. Despite probably with the management they've got involved there, they're going to be up there. So I would probably put them. I think they can get in the playoffs. They should. Well, if they don't get in the playoffs. It's a bad a season as it was last year for them, I think, because the, 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 the crowds they get, and they will have a decent budget, the manager they've got, you know, if they don't get in the playoffs, I don't think John still will be managing next season, or in a year's time, I should say. So, yeah, the expectations are there for Maystone, but they need to start winning football matches. And the pressure will be on if they, after four or five games, they've only got five points on the board. People will, not, people will get restless again. So, they just need to get that year last year was a terrible season. They need to forget about that. Winning football matches and then John Steele's experience comes in. But a playoff spot, I, don't, I can't see him winning the division. I personally think they won't even make the playoffs. I think they're going to finish about 10th, Maidstone. I think it's going to be tough for them. As you say, they play Weymouth at home on Saturday, which will be an, uh, an early yardstick for them. And then they go to Welling on Tuesday. Another season, another new manager at Welling. Um, this time it's going to be uh, Mark Goldberg is, is back in the hot seat. Uh, he's got Hugo Langton alongside him and a couple of others as well. Um, and again, a, a whole new squad. They've, they've, they've done quite well bringing players in, Welling. Um, but... All this uncertainty can't be good for them, can it? It seems to be, 
again, he did a, he did a decent job um, uh, seeking. Um, again, we did hear rumours of it, the back end of the season there was money issues, etc., like that. So, um, and it, and it got in Mark Volker's goal, Mark Goldberg's gone there. He has won this division with Bromley, so he knows what, what his vision, and he's brought a lot of players in who he knows and worked with before. So they could be a decent outfit. Have they got enough to get in the playoffs to win the division? I would probably say no. Um, but you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're going to get from, from, from that point of view. If Mark Goldberg can get the, the players going on, get the players moving, Adam Coombs, I think Coombs is still there. If you can get him firing, he can score 30 goals, no problem at all. But I just feel too much uncertainty again. Maybe last year was the time for them to do it. Losing in the playoff final, maybe that was the time they needed to go up. The extra finances would have come in, maybe, and they could have gone to the national level. I just feel outskirts of the playoffs. We've seen them before this. Last season, they started pretty well. Previous years, they started poorly, and they could never play, never always play and catch up. And I've got a funny feeling it could be the same again. So, you know, I, I think that Welling will get in the playoffs again. I think they're going to finish fifth. Um, but they, they, you say about having a slow start. Well, they've got Maidstone on Tuesday, as we've already heard. Saturday, they're away to Haven and Waterlooville, who are the team to beat in that league. Everybody seems to be saying at the moment they've got Paul Doswell, the former Sutton manager, in. He's been splashing some cash. He's obviously got the three players who've come from Ebbsfleet, Magri, Kedwell and Drury. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough start for Welling, but I, I think they've got enough about them. I think they've got the, they, the experience of Goldberg, the experience of, of Hugo Langs on the sidelines as well. I think that it just, I think it could just be a good year for Welling. And, and you know, you never know in this, this league's even more tight than the, than the National League, I think, as far as I'm concerned. And you just, Do you think they'll have a hangover from the, the playoffs or because of the, the, the oh, players have gone and new players come in, it'll just be forgotten about? I think, yeah, I think it'll be forgotten about already. I think they're, you know, it's a new team, new management. Um, you know, I think they'll just be ready to go and, and sort of try and hit the ground running. Um, and I think that, that there's no reason why. I mean, they, they were close. They've had a good couple of years. They just need to get over that line. Obviously, Goldberg now thinks he's the man to to get them get them there, and, and I don't see any reason why not. Really, yeah, he knows that level. He's gone back into management, to sort of uh, running the club from that. Uh, and some of their signings, Rob Swat, you know, Swat, people he he knows before could be key. This, this division probably doesn't change that much. You may have had more clubs coming in with money, but again, if you look, if you're strong, you're organised, and you're resolute you'll do well in this division. So, And he's got, probably got the players who know that. Will it be enough? Uh, I'm, still, I'm just not convinced that they're going to be one of the top sides this season. Moving on then to Dartford, who just missed out on the playoffs last year. Um, Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan still in charge there after after their first season, which went OK. Um, a few changes, obviously, with Bradbrook moving on and everything like that. Um, interesting to see how Dartford go this year, Matt, because this is now... The, the chance of work right we've replaced Tony Berman has gone now so it's now Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan's team and they've got to deliver haven't they yeah I think there's probably more pressure on Dartford um, than Maidstone and Welling I think particularly on the management team there they've been there a year you know I was quite critical maybe that's it, this division with the constantly changing players they used a lot of players last season couldn't get the sort of mix up mix and attack right um, and I think the way the season ended for them, because they had a poor run, didn't they, at the back end of last season, it, they couldn't force them. So they should have nailed a playoff spot with 10 games to go. They were well in Wisconsin. It all went a little bit wrong. I think the pressure was on them a little bit to start well again. So maybe, you know, they've been there a year now. Does the joint management work? 
we've had this discussion before. They brought some new players in. Um, are they good enough to win the division? Again, I think let's go in the playoffs. Well, I don't really know, but I think, to be honest, I, I can't really see any of the Kent sides in the Conference South getting promoted this season. Um, I think Dartford, again, they've been in this division long enough, long enough. They've had chances to get out. And the concern for me for Dartford, they're going to be classed as a Conference South side. Um, that, and I, and I, will the joint managers be able to get them to the next level? You never know, but I think for them it could be another difficult season. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. Looking at their at their squad, you know, they're there's, they're almost lacking a little bit of experience now. I think, and and you know that that's that's their sort of difficulty is that is that they're they're going to need to replace that experience that they've got. And you know, looking at their squad as well, just was it's quite a small squad, and you wonder where the goals might come from. I mean, they've obviously got McQueen and Flisher, but Flisher is injury prone, and I I just. I, just, I, I worry for them because I, I think that, as you say, if, if they start slowly, then the pressure's going to start to build, isn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, Bradbrook's gone now. You've got to move on from from where he is. But he was an absolute key player for them uh, over the years. Now somebody else has got to take up that mantle from that. Of course, last season, it was an issue with scoring goals from that point of view. Andy Pure, you know, great, look, great player at this level. Injury problems have sorted out. Darren McQueen. Everybody thought he could be the next big thing and he was at Epsley, he was linked with league clubs, uh, etc. like that. Hasn't really sort of come off for him. Again, scoring goals could be a concern for me, for, for Dartford, unless they can get a proven goal scorer in. But that is easier said than done. Plenty of animation down the wings, they've always had, but they haven't got that centre forward to put the goals in. And there's not much aerial threat. If they're, you know, in this division, you need to be a little bit physical in the final third. Have they got that big target man? I don't know where Sheringham's gone. Maybe he's gone now. But a, a big target man who, who somebody can feed off the likes of Pew, very intelligent, etc. Like that. Too many, too many creative players, and maybe not a goal scorer for him. Which, you know, it's easier said than done to get a goal scorer. But it could be a, an interesting, maybe a difficult season for the Darts. I think again, like all our sides, I've said before, yeah. You start well, you, the momentum goes with you. If you start poorly, you know, the pressure's on for something. And the pressure's will be on for um, Coyle and Flanagan, I'm sure. Yeah, at Wealdstone on Saturday and then at home to St Albans City on Tuesday. Uh, that brings us on to Tumbridge Angels. Um, obviously promoted after the protracted playoffs last season. Um, they start home to Dulwich Ham- Hamlet on Saturday before travelling to Eastbourne Borough on Tuesday night. Um, it's going to be a big step up for Tumbridge Angels. But, you know, Steve McKim is... He's a good manager. He's been there a long time now. And I think that even though it's not going to be a walk in the park for Tunbridge Angels, they've got more than enough to stay in this division and upset a few people along the way, I think. Yeah, everybody's going to expect them to be, I think they're the only side in this division who won the Super Playoffs. So if it was, I don't think we've got that anymore, which is good to see. Um, he's kept the majority of the squad, the key players, you know, Matt Davidson, who we know pretty well. Is a, you know, he said to me, these are the players we want to keep, and I think the majority of them who can, the extra travelling, may have lost a couple of players. They've got a decent goalkeeper in Johnny Henley. Again, scoring goals, is that going to be the main problem for them as well? Your mate Alex Reid, has he done it at this level? And the most handsome footballer in the world, Tom Derry, can they do it at this level? Because Roman Premier, would you, I would say there's a, there's a gap between Conference South and Conference National, and maybe it's going to be the same sort of gap between. Ryman Premier and uh, Conference South. But I think with McKim, you've got a wholehearted 
manager who will give everything for the club. And, if, and I think if, if Tommy Jane will survive, I would think, which I think they will do, I think that, that's class of the next season, stabilise them as a Conference South club again. Yeah, I think that, that that's key, isn't it? I mean, I, I was there the last time they played in the Conference South um, when they were relegated after going with an absolute whimper. They lost 7-1 at Chelmsford uh, on Easter Monday, which was their penultimate game. And that was how they were relegated. And Tommy Warrillow resigned that day. Steve McKim has, has, has replaced him. And it's taken them a, a few years to find their feet um, with him at, at the helm. But I think that, you know, he, he, he's just got a way of bringing his team together, hasn't he? And And I think that... You know, there's certainly one team of all the teams of the four teams we've got in the National League South. If I look at one team and think it's going to be greater than the sum of its parts, it's Tunbridge Angels. Yeah, oh, there's no expectations for them from that. From the other three, the expectations, you know, playoffs, promotion. Tunbridge Angels could go under the radar. They'll, they'll surprise a few places. Longmeat could be a key for them. The fans are very vocal. I think that they've wanted this for so long to get into the Conference South. And I think they're going to enjoy it. And I think they'll surprise a few people. Again, will they have enough goals in the team? We'll soon find out. But McKim, he was under pressure. I think he needed to get them out of that division. They stagnated. I think, um, you know, staying in the Ryan Premier can be a little bit, as we've seen from Margate, it can be a bit of a, a killer division. Getting out of it and the way they got out of it, use that momentum because they've got it, done it the hard way. Go again and enjoy National South. And I think they should. They should be OK. There may be a few worse teams in there. But again, it's a tough old division. When I saw, when I looked at the people's predictions, I saw Dartford play Chippenham last, back in the last season. Chippenham, you know, Dartford all over them, just couldn't score. And then Chippenham went at the other end, one chance, one goal. And I think that's the key. You'll get punished in this level, which you may be getting, getting punished in the Ryan Premier. They may start, have a poor start, but, Tumbridge has got to build it up. We got we deserve to be in this level. Let's try and stay there. But it's going to be difficult. But I think they can stay up. Yeah, just finally on Tumbridge Angels, obviously, um, such sad news about Charlie Slocum passing away uh, last week and thoughts with his uh, friends and family at this horrible time. Um, such unexpected and sad news um, there. Um, the Isthmian League, which is no longer the Bostic, so Devon Bostic has been binned off. Um, but it doesn't start this weekend, or, or in fact for some teams in the South East, it doesn't start next weekend either, which is something uh, we will talk about next year, uh, next week, sorry, when we, uh, when we start looking ahead properly to that league. Um, so that brings us on to the Southern Counties East League. Um, first of all, then, let's hear from a player. We've decided we're going to adopt a few players over the season and speak to them throughout the campaign and, and see how they're getting on. And um, last year's top goal scorer in the Southern Counties East League Division 1 was Harry Harding of Irith and Belvedere. Well, Harry Harding of Irith and Belvedere is now Harry Harding of Chatham Town, having uh, moved to Maidstone Road over the course of the summer. Um, I caught up with him last week. He's got a really interesting story to tell as well, actually, about his, about his career and, and what he's been up to before. Um, so here he is, Chatham Town's Harry Harding. Exciting time for you with, with, with moving to Chatham Town this season. Um, yeah, really exciting. Um, obviously, had a really good season personally last year. Um, and in terms of the clubs I was speaking to this summer, um, there was only kind of, the moment I spoke with Chatham and James, there was only one place I was going to go really with everything that was going on down there. Oh, yeah, no, really, really, really happy and really looking forward to starting the real stuff now. And uh, obviously, what what was it, 45 goals you banged in last year? Best season of your uh, life? Yeah, I got 45 last year. So, um, yeah, looking to try and replicate something similar this year if I can. 
Um, tell us a bit more about yourself. Where else have you played before? Uh, how old are you, and all that sort of? Um, so yeah, I was um, I was at Bromley when I was seventeen, and then um, got signed by Reading uh, on a on a professional contract. After that, then came back to Bromley when I was um, twenty twenty one, and then I kind of fell out of love with football really, and I stopped playing for the best part of three and a half years. Um, just really kind of lost my way with it coming back out from that like professional setup and kind of back into the real world and kind of I don't really think there's enough out there actually for younger players that kind of go from that professional environment where you know what I mean you think all, all you know is really to kind of the real world and I kind of lost my way a little bit fell out of love with football and then to be honest at the start of, and then I just kind of missed it so much after the kind of three years that I had away um, that I kind of I went I went back to Erie for Belvedere last year with um, Owen Jones and just had one of them years so I've kind of had to just kind of work my way so I've, I've always kind of been playing Conference South um, kind of Rhyme and Premier um, so it's kind of you know, I had to kind of when you when you stop playing football for that long you do you kind of get out of the circuit your name is not on that circuit anymore so I have to kind of go back to do you know what I mean climbing the ladder again so I kind of needed to have that year last year to get my to get my name back back. Do you know what I mean? In and around kind of the circuit, the football circuit, which is obviously a warning that everyone in uh, everyone talked about. So yeah, that's what I kind of that's that's kind of my background as such. So how did you find it then, having not played for so long and and, and coming back into it? Was it a welcome relief to be back amongst the lads and everything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like I'm, I'm really into my like fitness and, and kind of gym stuff anyway so it's not like I just kind of didn't do anything for three years so I was always kind of fit and stuff and kind of um, it, but now when I went back the biggest reason why I went back is kind of that was I really did miss my miss my Saturdays like I was kind of getting home watching Soccer Saturday and I, I was still following non-league like I was playing myself so it just got to the point where I was like I, I, I gave up I've given up my entire life from nine to 21 to just kind of stop playing with kind of the ability that I've that that that, I've, that I think I've got um and I've shown since I've come back then I've, I've just kind of didn't sit well with me so yeah kind of just it was just great the moment I got, got back into it I just kind of fallen it's, it's like I needed to go away and kind of find myself and find my direction in life outside of football before I could come back and kind of balance it off again if that makes sense yeah it does and, and so obviously you're at Chatham now and I guess people will be looking and saying you're one of the favourites is, is there pressure on you to, to do well this year? Um, I, I would say there's, there's of course there's, there's an expectance for us to do well but that's 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 within our our changing room as well like not all the boys that, that have signed there this year We've we've all signed there on the on the pretense that we wanna we wanna go and like achieve what we wanna achieve and we wanna we wanna do as well as we can. Um, so I think the pressure comes from we don't really look at the kind of outside like I saw there was that vote they done the other week and uh, where like, on the scaffold website and we've got like it's like eighty five percent that we're gonna gonna win the league and all that sort of stuff. It's not something we consciously we just know with the players we've got in the changing room that 
we, we we thoroughly believe that if we do it right and the way the pre season we've had that we will that we will that we will achieve what we want to achieve. So but I don't think I think pressure maybe just a more an excitement to kinda of go and deliver what we what we think we can is probably a better better way of putting it. And, and, and Paul Vines, obviously, but he was up there in the top goal scoring charts as well. And I guess you can learn off him, if, even with all of his experience. Yeah, I mean, I played with Vinesy for a bit when I was like I was only eighteen when he was at Bromley when he was a when he was a bit younger. But obviously, I was a kind of a bit of a you're just a bit more quiet back when you're a young lad. Like you just kind of come in and stuff. So yeah, I mean, like Vinesy's Paul Vinesy's Paul Vinesy's he scores goals, and that's that's what he's done for. 10, 15 years maybe so yeah I mean like we're, we're very different type of types of players so kind of we kind of trying to haven't had too much game time together in pre-season we've um, kind of Vines has been away and kind of etc and I'm going to be away now for the last couple of pre-season games but just trying to strike up that relationship is um, yeah is what is kind of what we're trying to do so yeah he's someone you only have to look at what he's done in in kind of non-league football for as long as he has to kind of respect everything he's done and kind of you can only learn from, from players like that not just on the pitch off the pitch as well like he's, he's quality with all the boys and kind of made me feel very welcome the moment I signed so yeah he's, he's a top man really Have you set yourself a goal target? Um, yeah, yeah I have I have I've got I've got a number in my head Excellent, that's fine. Um, looking at the fixtures then, um, Greenwich Borough are away first up for, for Chatham. They're going to be a bit yeah. of an unknown quantity at the start of the season, I think. Yeah, I think um, Yeah, I think that is a bit of a... Yeah, I think it's a, it's a strange one. I don't, I don't really... I know they're kind of starting from the ground up there. I like obviously got relegated, new manager. It's all, it's all kind of... So, yeah, I mean, I, we, we kind of don't know what to expect. All we know that every single game... It sounds cliche, but there's not the league this year. There's not there's not anyone that you would kind of look at and think that's a that's a guaranteed three points kind of thing. Everything, everyone will, and especially with everyone kind of expecting us to do so well, it's kind of going to be everyone's cup final to try and get a scalp over us. So we're we're very aware that there's not going to be any games that we can take for granted or just kind of turn up and expect to win. You got a tough FA Cup draw as well, haven't you? Away at Cray Valley, I guess yeah. that's been what you wanted. Um, I mean, yeah, this is probably not the. It's probably not the team we would have picked if we if we'd have got to do it ourselves. But having said that, we kind of it's not on the fact that we don't think we can we can we can beat we think we can beat anyone on it on our day. It's just more. Obviously, it's a bit, it's a bit local. It's kind of always nice to get a like, game from someone somewhere maybe down at the seaside, I think, um, in the FA Cup early round. But no, we're, we we go there. And we, again, we like it's not an arrogant thing. We thoroughly and really think we can go and win that game as well. So I just think we got we got to just kind of keep doing what we're doing. Like we played VCD last Saturday, um, beat them two one. So so yeah, I mean we. We really think we've got, we've got a side that, that can compete and try and win this league, and we do they think we can compete in the league above as well with anyone that we come up against. And uh, obviously, third league game of the season as well. We're with the Belvedere at home. You knew it was going to come early, didn't you? Uh, do you know what? The joke of it is, I'm actually away. Oh, no! <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's the, the, the mad thing about it is, I'm actually 
by like some sort of weird. I get married as well on Saturday, twenty first of December, when we play them at home as well. It's really strange. Like I think someone at Erif has rigged the fixtures, but yeah, um, just that I can't play against them either time. I'm missing both games, which I'm absolutely gutted about to be honest. Because would have been nice to see everyone, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of them things, unfortunately. And we'll be speaking to him a few times over the course of the season, Matt, but he's uh, he seems like a very sort of... A, a lad who's got his head screwed on. Yeah, I think his story is the same as a lot of people who've probably fallen out of love when you were at an academy system, fallen out of love with the game and from that. But again, if he's got that quality, he's gone down to a lower level, started enjoying his football again, scored a lot of goals for Earth. And Chatham, who arguably are the biggest side in this division... He could be the man who puts them back into the the, the, the national non-league pyramid, in, as we say from that. For me, their favourites to win it. It'd be interesting to see how he goes on. As you say, John, we're going to try and follow a player from each Steffel, National League and the Ryman League, or whatever it's called these days, um, from that. And it'll be interesting to see how he gets on from that. Is it a big, is it a big leap up? We'll find out for teams like Wellington will find out. I think the budget's gone through there. What the difference between is the first division and the Premier League. But good luck to Harry. I think, again, if you, if you score goals at that level, higher teams in the uh, the next level will be looking at him as well. So it's a big season for them and a big season for Chatham Town. I think they've gone 3D as well, haven't they, John? They have indeed, yes. They've got a new pitch in there as, uh, as well. And obviously, with Harding and Vines, they've got a front two last year, got nearly 100 goals between them. So, you know, the, the, the pressure is on for Chatham to score goals. Um, James Collins is his second full season there. They won the cup double last year. For me, um, they are the favourites to, to to win this league. They are the team that everyone's got to beat, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think that they've 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 got a lot going for them. I think James is a good manager. We've obviously spoke to him. We'll, we'll obviously speak to him again in in, in the future. Um, but you say about the, the the step up, and that's going to be an interesting thing because we saw with Punjab last year. I think they found the step up much harder than the, than they thought it was going to be. And you've got Harry who obviously has played at a higher level, 38 goals last season in, in Division 1. I think he's going to find it, he's not going to score, a, well, he might do, but I think he's he, he won't find it as easy to score 38 goals this year as he did last. No, uh, but again, the Chatham side, if they've got the quality that they have, players who probably could play at the next level above, he's going to get chances. And again, if you're a goal scorer level, if, if you've got that extra little bit of quality in front of goal, you should be OK. I, I can't see anybody outside of Chatham um, winning this division. We know it's, it can be a little bit up and down. We know there'll be goals, goals, goals in it. So it's always an entertaining division to, to look at. Uh, we don't know how Canterbury, of course, they would have been one of the favourites, but of course the upheaval they had at the end of the season. Um, Clive Cook's gone in there. Should they be up there? They lost a few players. Interesting to see how they got on. Lords would we know a little bit about that. Other little clubs. Interesting division. There will be somebody who surprises us, John. I can't think. Maybe Deal Town. They've had a solid side for a while. Can they get join the party? But for me, you can't see anybody have more than Chatham getting through and winning this division. It's there's to lose, in my opinion. I'm going to tell you my top three, which is Chatham to win it, Canterbury City second, and Sheppey United in third place. I think Sheppey United have, have strengthened well again. Uh, they've they've got such great support there at, at Home Park as well. And I think they'll be up there. But I think Canterbury, yeah, they have had all the upheaval. Yeah, it is a new squad. But Clive Cook is a good manager. He, he did well at Hyde. He's brought in players that he knows as well. I think that, that Canterbury City are going to be a, a real threat next season. Yeah, uh, yeah. again, uh, they lost a lot of players to Herne Bay, which we'll discuss next week. 
yeah, Clive Cook is a decent manager. He'll get people working for him. Yeah, I, I just think maybe that the, the issues off the pitch may affect Canterbury a little bit more. We haven't learned more about what's going on with the uh, ground situation, have we, from that squad? It's gone pretty quiet there. So, uh, yeah, but for me, Chatham Town all the way. Um, elsewhere news in, in the scaffold as well. We've had a couple of late managerial changes. Welling Town's manager changed uh, just at the start of pre-season. Um, K-Sports manager Chris Browning resigned last week as well, so they're getting into that. Um, also, Beersted, who we spoke to a couple of times next year, um, a statement released by the club last week saying, After much soul-searching, the club's committee have embraced the offer of funding from the Beersted FC Supporters Club to provide the first team with a budget to cover out-of-pocket expenses to signed players. Uh, so they're now asking for supporters to, to pay them in money. Um, they're asking for people to don- donate a minimum of £100 to help get them through the season. So best of one of the smaller clubs in that league, but they seem to be making, trying to do something to, to give themselves a bit more profile. Yeah, we, we, we had discussion with Corinthian, didn't they? We haven't really mentioned them. You know, missed out on the league title on Goldovitz by the end of it, I think it was, wasn't it? So they'll be up there. They don't have a budget as well. Interesting. Football, you probably do need the money. Maybe they've realised that players will go somewhere else for the extra 15, 20 quid a week. They can get somewhere else a piece of the game for it. Um, you've got to admire for them, and I'm sure they've got enough supporters to do it. So, again, whatever level of football, people want success. And if Pierce, I think the way to do that is to pay money, good luck to them. I presume Corinthian aren't still going to pay, but interesting times there. I forgot all about Corinthian. Will they have it again? The disappointment of last season, coming so close, but yet so far, have they got it in their locker as well? Entertaining division, and let's hope one of our sides can get to the uh, good run in the FA Cup, and maybe another side of Wembley in the FA Vars. Exactly. Weekend fixtures uh, on Saturday, Beersted against AFC Croydon, Beckham against Punjab, Crover against Corinthian, Deal against Fisher, Irith and Belvedere against K-Sports, Greenwich Borough against Chatham, Hollands and Blair against Irith Town, Lordswood against Glebe, Sheppey United against Tunbridge Wells, and Wellingtown against Canterbury City. Should mention Tunbridge Wells as well with the former Lordswood boss uh, Richard Styles. I think they, they might have a half-decent season as well. Oh, Tuesday night, AFC Croydon against Beckenham, uh, Canterbury against Sheppey, Chatham against Deal, Corinthian against Hollands and Blair, Fisher against Wellingtown, and then Wednesday night, it's Irith Town against Irith and Belvedere. Uh, in Division 1 as well. Early days for the, the Aerith Derby then. Yeah, very very early. Uh, on In Division 1 on Saturday, it's Croydon against Rochester United, FC Elmstead against Kennington, Greenways against Sutton Athletic, Kent Football United against Forest Hill, Lidtown against SC Thamesmead, Meridian VP against Snodland Town, Rostall versus Holmesdale and Stansfeld versus Brydon Ropes. Um, it's been in the news this week as if it's some, some breaking news map. Obviously, we've got sin bins. Um, I, I think we, we know that there's going to be sin bins. We know there's going to be issues. But I think maybe next week might be a good time to talk about that when we've had the first weekend of utter chaos of players being sent off for 10 minutes. Well, we see it as well. In, you know, I've been on teletext. Will it say in the... Um, I should check the scaffold site. They, I know we have the scaffold site listening. Will it say, Fred, sin bin, 17 minutes? It might do. Well... well I'm asking them, please, but that's so we can discuss that. And from that point of view, to see the sim, because it'll be interesting. It's a bit like, um, what's that one in ice hockey when you get overload or something when yeah. three players are in the sim bin? And again, I'm, I'm interested to see the tactics from that point of view. So how does it work? If they send her off, give his sim bin for 10 minutes, do you think the other team think, well, let's go for it? Interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how many players are sim binned at the weekend. So uh, I'm sure early doors, it's going to be chaos, but... That's what the scaffold. Scaffold is a great division, and it's even going to add even more to it this year. 
Yeah, and we're talking to the Scaffold website as well. They have a Super 6 competition map where they're asking people to predict um, the scores of games over the weekend. So get yourself on it. I've entered it for this week. I want you to be on it as well. And we'll see if we make the leaderboard at any point, yeah? Oh, right. So is that on their website, is it? Yeah. It certainly is. Um, Before we leave you then, we did promise to tell you more about our new sponsors, Workforce Dimensions Limited. So here to tell us about the company, his love for non-league and why he's got involved with us is founder Sam Hill. So we're a small consulting firm based in Canterbury, uh, specialising in what can be broadly described as people analytics. Essentially, we help organisations understand or quantify the contribution that their workforce makes to business success and then provide advice that will help them maximise that contribution. We have clients predominantly in the UK, but also Europe, um, the Middle East and Asia, and across uh, multiple industry sectors. Alas, no one in football yet. Um, But first and foremost, we are proud sponsors of the Kent Non-League podcast. I've always loved playing and watching sports and of course in the 70s uh, when I grew up um, I was sport. Kent had a great cricket team with the uh, uh, the brilliance of Underwood and Knott and QPR who are my team had the footballing genius of uh, Stan Bowles and Jerry Francis and Dave Thomas um, and I was a season ticket holder at Loftus Road on and off for many years. Um, however in recent times I've become a little disillusioned not with QPR per se, um, but with top level football in general and the Premier League in particular, um, I saw average players on huge wages um, giving pointless cliche ridden interviews to reporters with little knowledge or genuine interest in the game. Um, to me, it had become so much about the hype and the money. And I guess I became, um, I'm trying to find the right word here, let's say disconnected. Um, But also about this time, which was 18 months ago, I turned 50 um, and I was looking for a way to bring my mates together to to celebrate. And I settled on the idea of sponsoring a Faversham Town game against Whiteleaf, I think. Um, I, I grew up in Faversham. I was a ball boy at the club for a while. Uh, many of my mates were still in the area, so it made sense that we would go to uh, Salter's Lane. And we were treated brilliantly uh, by the people there. We had a great time. Um, and I think pretty much I made the decision to give uh, non-league a spin then. Um, so last season, although I still went to a few Rangers games um, and a few other random matches to complete the set and join the 92 club, um, I also got myself around Kent uh, to various grounds to uh, Ramsgate, to Margate, uh, and Dover, um, Ebbsweet, Maidstone, Bromley, Herne Bay, uh, Canterbury, of course, who had a, a, a great running in the FA Vars and, uh, and I'm sure a few others. And without exception, I found the people friendly, um, they were knowledgeable, uh, passionate about the game. Um, and in most cases, I could enjoy a pint while watching the uh, while watching the match. So yeah, I found the non-league was well suited to me. Although I like the romantic idea of being part of the non-league community, um, I knew next to nothing about the structure of the leagues or the players um, or the challenges faced at the various steps. Uh, I felt a bit of a fraud, to be honest with you. Um, so when I stumbled across the Kent Non-League podcast, it allowed me to fill in a few of the gaps. Um, the interviews allowed me to understand some of the characters. 
Um, so it was informative at a time when I, I needed information. And, you know, I quite like the tangents you chaps go off at as well. Bizarre, um, but entertaining. Uh, but genuinely, yeah, it's a great show. You clearly know your stuff and it comes across that you really enjoy doing the show. Um, so from a personal point of view, it's great that Workforce Dimensions will be associated with the podcast this season and are able to support a few of the initiatives you have in the pipeline. Um, and fingers crossed those nominations become awards this year and we can uh, bask in that reflected glory. Um, if I could just add one, one last thing, um, Workforce Dimensions are also sponsoring uh, Jack Richards at Margate this season. Um, so I'd like to wish him the best of luck in what I hope will be a, a very strong promotion push. And thanks very much for having me on the show. Well, I'm looking forward to this, Matt. It's going to be some exciting stuff. A lot of it's going to happen later in the season, but uh, it's, it's, it's nice, isn't it, to, to be involved with this company? And, uh, and yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's really good that we've got a sponsor on board. We, we joked about it, but he came to us uh, and again, we're going to work together and maybe get a trophies out for certain clubs or certain players over the season. You know, we're not getting any money for this. It's just getting his business out and he's, what he showed there, his love for non-league football. So, um, absolutely fantastic. And if you do need uh, people logistics, we all need people logistics. Maybe they should spend a day with me and you, John, to see, work out how we can improve the podcast uh, and our radio show. That's good for the view, but it's, he's got a good business there. And he's showing his love for the uh, non-league game. So, finger, thumbs up to Workforce Dimensions, the proud sponsor of the Kent Non-League podcast. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for our first episode of the new season. Then, Matt, you're at uh, Chesterfield on Saturday and Dagenham on Tuesday. Yep, start two games. Yeah, unfortunately, um, seen the first five games. So, uh, for Radio Kent, I'll be there on Saturday for Chesterfield. I was, should be a decent game. Decent it's a long day. So, as I said, optimism. One minute to three, I'll text you saying we're going to win the league. Probably at five o'clock. It will be expletive, expletive, expletive. We're going down. Why did I bother? Could be the case, or it could be the other way. So um, maybe you'll have to tell people why I text you at five o'clock on Saturday. But looking forward to it. Football season has been a long summer. And uh, looking forward to it. And looking forward to people continuing to, the, to listen to the Kent non pod. Yes, with Workforce Dimensions Limited. I am planning on limping along to a bit of Eastbourne against uh, Tunbridge Angels on Tuesday night, but I am working in the day elsewhere, so it'll be a, a case of nipping in on my way home. But it'll be good to see Angels and, and see how they're shaping up uh, early on in the uh, in the National League South. Um, obviously, as always, we're still on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook with Kent Non-League um, and you can just uh, get in touch with us personally. I'm at JohnPhipps81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, Monday night, we're back on the air on BBC Radio Kent. Um, we're going to be joined by um, people who aren't interested in non-league football, but we also do have uh, Hythe Town Manager Sam Denley will be in with us to preview the uh, season for his side in the Bet Victor League, as it's now called. Uh, and we'll probably be talking about the Ashes, because I think he knows someone who's playing for England tomorrow. I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, that, that's part of it. Um, and yeah, thank you everyone for listening to our first show of the new series and uh, the new season. And uh, we will speak to you all next week. Um, the new, new Pele. He's going to fire us to glory. You'll eat your words. You'll be wearing an Effion shirt.